0: Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. It is me, Jen, GR Mom, as always. But I'm not joined by GR Dad this week because he's been super busy at work and didn't have time to jump on and podcast. It's just past breakfast time, so you can hear some carrot crunching in the background. And so since we have a mom-only episode this week, I thought I would talk about Hopper being a therapy dog, since that's really a thing that I do with her by myself. But we should start with a drink of the week. It's 9.45 in the morning, so I am not drinking right now, and that's a good thing. But the last drink I had a couple nights ago was a Queens Park swizzle, which is a pretty cool kind of tiki drink. It's sort of like a mojito. It has mint and simple syrup, which is sugar water, and rum in it, and then you basically mush that together, put on a bunch of crunched ice, swizzle it around, and then you add a whole lot of Angostura bitters to it. So it's a pretty interesting drink, and if you google the Queens Park swizzle you can find a good recipe for it. So let's talk about Hops being a therapy dog. I kind of got the sense from really early when I had her that she would be a good therapy dog. We were on a walk one day, and she must have been not even six months old, and we were going one way on the sidewalk, and there was a family coming the other way. Uh, Mom, dad, two kids, and the mom and a little boy came past first. The dad was behind walking with The daughter, who it turns out had Down syndrome, and Hops just went up to that little girl, and she was a puppy, right, six months old, and sat down next to her, kind of leaned against her a little bit and looked up. It was like completely not the way a puppy normally interacts, which is to like jump all over somebody and maybe knock them over. She just got this sense that she needed to be a little more gentle with this girl, and it was like this beautiful thing to see that I have this really empathetic dog who kind of understands what people need. And so it made me think that she would be a good therapy dog, but we kind of waited a while to do it, I think, because we were fostering and, you know, then we got Vink and you heard everything in the last episode, we had a lot of dogs come through here. But finally, a couple of years ago, I decided it was time to do it. And I had a friend who had taught her own dog to be a therapy dog. So I found the organization that she worked with, which is called People, Animals, Love. I think it's local here to the kind of DC metro area, but there's certainly groups around you similar to this. Lots of dog noise going on in the background. Sorry, but everyone's celebrating the end of breakfast. Um, So anyway, I went to the website for People, Animals, Love. We call ourselves PAL and they have a really straightforward process, which is much lighter weight than I thought. So you start off doing an orientation that lasts a couple hours. Uh, We did this at the Armed Forces Retirement Home here in Washington, DC. And you spend an hour or an hour and a half um, kind of in a room with all the other people and their dogs who want to do it. They do a really light evaluation of your dog's obedience. So they kind of want them to know sit and stay and lay down but not all the dogs were perfect at it and that was fine. Uh, They want to make sure that they get along well with other dogs and other people so you're intentionally in a room with a lot of other dogs so they can figure out is your dog gonna bark or snap or look a little aggressive because if so obviously that's not great for therapy. And so they'll weed out a few dogs that way. Uh, And then once you've gone through all of that and you kind of get the basics of how to introduce your dog to people, what are the kind of things they would do, you go around and visit with some of the people in the retirement home and that's the orientation. After that you have to do three evaluation visits and for those you go to one of the literally hundred or so places that they uh, do regular visits with someone who's certified by the group to kind of evaluate if your dog is doing a good job. So we did uh, our first one of those at the Armed Forces Retirement Home. And, uh, you know, the guys who are in there, and it's mostly men, need a lot of care. This is not kind of a active senior living place. It's for people who, you know, need a lot of support. So we were going around and I would bring Hops up to different people to see if they wanted to pet her. And I went up to one, you know, 90-year-old guy in a wheelchair and I was like, "Hi, you know, this is my dog Hopper. She's here for a visit." And he goes, "I love when the ladies bring their dogs to visit, especially when the ladies wear little skirts like you do." And I was like, "Cool. This is the end of us coming to the Armed Forces Retirement Home. Uh not that all the guys there are like that, but I don't want to deal with any guys that are like that." So we started looking for another place that we could get evaluated and hooked up with a group that goes to a body image clinic in Washington, DC. So this is a place where anyone with an eating disorder or other body image issues can go. It tends to be mostly younger women, uh, high school and college age. And it's an outpatient clinic, so they kind of come and spend the day there, and they do therapy and have their meals there, and it's kind of a great place for them to go. But then they go home at night, so it's not an inpatient clinic. and. It was just wonderful. Uh, Hops did great. Like She would go up to these girls and uh, we're there for half an hour, 45 minutes, and she would just flop over onto them and they would give her tons of love and she would just soak it all in. So I think it was probably more therapeutic for Hopper to finally get the attention she feels like she needs uh, than it was for any of the women who were there. but. It was just a really great environment. We did a couple of visits there and got formally approved and then that's kind of it. Once you finish that approval, you are ready to go to any of the kind of events that the therapy group does and there's tons of them. Like I said, they have I think over a hundred places that they visit all over the DC area, so you could kind of do it full time if you wanted to. Um, They do things like going to the libraries where kids will read to the dogs, some stuff in schools, a lot of retirement homes. Uh, Some people will get extra certified for doing hospice work, which obviously you can imagine is kind of tough because you're seeing people at the end of their life, but it can be really helpful to have a dog go there. We have thought about doing that, but haven't gone through the training, because there's a pretty intense training from hospice that you have to go through to be able to do that. Um, we have kept going to the body image clinic. We really love the people who are there. Uh, I feel you know, very comfortable with the people there. Nobody's saying creepy things to me, obviously, uh, and Hops loves all of the women that we visit when we're there. Hi, Shmi. You want to say hi? And then we also will do visits like to airports on occasion. So it's not a regular thing, but a couple times a year, we'll go out to Dulles Airport. The dogs get to go through security with TSA. And then we just kind of hang out in the terminals and let stressed out people pet the dogs, which is super fun. I've been on both sides of that. I was once in San Francisco at the airport and there was a golden there doing de-stressing work. And I just got down on the floor with that dog. It was like the best part of my day. So it's fun to go do that. So yeah that's it It's pretty easy, so you want your dog to be well trained. They definitely need to be on the mellower side. You know you can't have them jumping all over people that you're visiting. They need to really get along well with other dogs uh You don't want them barking all the time. They certainly can't act aggressive around dogs or people. but if you've got you know a cool, happy dog, it's pretty easy and then the time investment once you get through those first you know five or six hours to get certified. Pal asks us to do one visit a month, pretty much. Um, it has been hard for us to do that this semester because I've been traveling so much, but in the summer we go on a few things every week. So it's been really rewarding. And like I said, it's great for Hopper because I think she holds a little bit of like oldest child resentment that we have so many dogs now and she doesn't get all the attention. And so it's also a really nice way for her and I to have like some one-on-one bonding time. Hey, everyone. We have great news. We got a sponsor. Audible is our first sponsor. So if you don't have an account yet, you can sign up for one through us. It's a great way to get audiobooks. I am an audible addict, and I probably listen to 100 books a year through them. So if you want some audiobooks, this is a great chance to do it. Go to audibletrial.com thegoldenratio the golden ratio. We'll have a link to that in the podcast description. And you can get a free trial membership Get yourself a free book to listen to and help support the Waffle Fund. If you're looking for a great book to read, we'd suggest The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is a novel told from the perspective of a dog. It's kind of sad, but it's really good, and that would be a great place to start. So, again, the URL is audibletrial.com slash thegoldenratio. Help support the Waffle Fund. Thanks! Since this is a GR Mom episode, I thought the other thing that's mostly my domain that we could talk about is running. Uh, GR Dad does run. He runs a few marathons a year, depending on how many I can cajole him into. Uh, So he's a good runner. He runs much faster than I do. He's a great running partner, though. He'll run at my speed, which is nice. Uh, But his true love is rowing, and I definitely run more often than him. More importantly for the podcast, I run with the dogs Uh, pretty much exclusively. Occasionally he'll come with us, but usually I'm the one who runs with the dogs. And this is also timely because right now we're on the cover of Women's Running Magazine, which was awesome. Uh, They wrote a really nice article. We've got a post up on their website about running with dogs, and it's got recipes, all the stuff people want, recipes for waffles and carrots and queso. And it's been a great experience doing that with them. Uh, But yeah, I thought I would talk a little bit about running with the dogs and how that works. So I run a lot because I run these really far races. So on the weekends, I'll usually do one run on Saturday or Sunday that's somewhere between 16 and 22 miles. So like I ran 18 miles on Sunday because I'm in the middle of cutting back a little bit for a race coming up. During the week, I probably run four or five times aside from that weekend run and those are somewhere between three miles if I don't have a lot of time to about 10 miles. So I usually put in like 30 to 40 miles a week unless I'm kind of at the peak of the training and then it's a little closer to 50 or 60. Um, the races that I run, I run a bunch of marathons every year and then a few ultra marathons. So I usually do a couple 50Ks which are 31 miles and uh, and then one or two longer ones. So Coming up in June, I'm running a 50-mile race in the Mojave Desert, which I'm a little worried about because it's going to be really hot, but it should be fun. And so with all of that training, it's boring to just do it by myself, and so the dogs come with me. Hopper is definitely like my number one running pal. If you follow the running account, Jen Runs With Dogs... You'll see it's a lot of pictures of me and Hops out in the woods. Everybody loves to see Hopar running. And she gets so excited. Like as soon as I put my running shoes on, she knows that it's time and she starts wagging her tail. So the standard run with Hops is three miles. We go down to Rock Creek Park to the actual creek. She goes for a swim. I'll throw a couple sticks for her to fetch and then we come home. So that's a three mile loop. If that's all I have time for, that's what I do. But the other dogs get jealous because they all like to go out too. So Like my favorite workout is to do three miles with hops, then come and get Vink. A regular walking route is like about a mile and a quarter, a little bit further. So I'll run her on that route. So that gets me to four and a quarter miles. Then I will take Maggie and Jasmine and we do a shorter route with them because they're old and they get tired. And so it's good to do them towards the end too, right? When I'm getting tired. So sometimes I'll take them together and we'll go about three quarters of a mile. Sometimes I'll take them each individually on that three quarters of a mile. And then we'll finish with queso. Her walks are about half a mile. She will sometimes run, which if you watch the videos you've seen, she does this kind of gallop and her ears fly in the air and it's amazing. Uh, But usually she walks really, really slow, which is a great way to end. So that kind of running will get me five or six miles with a nice queso cool down at the end. And if it takes me about an hour to do that with all the changing of leashes and stuff, and that's a great way to do a weekday run if I have an hour uninterrupted, which is my plan as soon as we're done with the podcast is to do that. Um, Hops can go further than the three miles, though. So sometimes when I'm doing the really long runs on the weekend, you know, if I have to do 20 miles, one way that I'll do it is that I'll start. I'll go like three miles by myself, I'll come home, I'll get Hopper, I'll take her out for five or six, depending on how she's feeling, drop her back at home, maybe go out for some more miles by myself, come back home, get Vink, have her go for a couple miles, drop her back at home, and so do those 20 miles in a bunch of little chunks, which, you know, gives me, especially when it's hot, it gives me an excuse to come back into the air conditioning for a few minutes, all the dogs get to run, and it breaks it up a little bit. So, yeah, I guess if you want to start running with your dog, um, a few tips. One is that you should not run with them when they're puppies. You should wait till they're about a year old because otherwise their joints aren't uh, fused yet, basically, and you can screw up their hips and other things. So wait till they're at least a year old. After that, uh, you kind of have to build the dogs up to it, too. They can't, just like a human, go out and run three miles if they've never trained. So start with a mile... Run slow with them, if that goes okay, bring it up by a quarter, half a mile a day, depending on how they are, and uh you can get them up to different distances. It depends on the breed, so goldens can go probably seven or eight miles if they're you know well trained for it uh some of the really kind of fast breeds will be able to go a lot farther than that. other dogs if you've got especially if you've got some of the little dogs, can't run very far. And you should be really careful about running with dogs with the squished faces, like if you have a pug or a bulldog, they have a really hard time breathing, and if you get them going where they have to pant a lot, it can be really hard on them, especially if it's hot. I saw someone when I was doing my long run this weekend, who, and it was like 90 degrees here in Washington, and they were running with this bulldog who was just having the hardest time breathing, and I felt so bad, and I wanted to yell at the guy, but I didn't. Um, so, if you're interested in doing this, you can totally look up websites that'll tell you how far, you know, about you can expect your dog to be able to go. But don't take the squishy-faced dogs out for much of a run, um, and work them up to it. The other thing to be careful about is, uh, you know, leash work. My previous dogs that I had before the current squad were not great on the leashes and they were super distractible and I sprained my ankle a couple times running with them because they'd kind of pull me off the sidewalk or something. So, this is a normal kind of training thing. Start like with your walks, maybe do like a really slow jog to see how they are and do the normal kind of training. If they start pulling off in one direction, correct them, give them a snack and eventually they'll learn to run really well. So, Venk and hops are actually great on the leash for running. They don't stop. They don't deviate. They know, you know, this is the pace that we're going and we're going to keep doing it. And if you have to go to the bathroom, we'll stop. But otherwise, we're going. They're great. Uh, Maggie and Jasmine, Jasmine especially, is real scattered (laughs) on the runs, So that's why I put them at the end. They sometimes need a little bit of help. If you uh, are not lucky like we are to have dog water fountains on your normal running route, It's really easy to get little collapsible bowls that just they're like fabric but watertight and they zip closed into a little flat pouch and you can stick those like in a running backpack with a bottle of water so you can give your dog some water on the way. Basically if you need to drink because you're running that far, your dog should drink too. So make sure you bring something for them if you're going to go pretty far. So yeah, there's a bunch of random dog (laughs) running tips. And uh, I think we'll leave it at that. But if you do have questions, absolutely send us messages on any of the platforms. And if you want a little more running content along with dogs, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at GenRunsWithDogs, where I share pictures of some of my runs, but mostly my runs with Hopper. Let's see, German word of the day. Even though GR Dad, who is the German, is not here, I'm gonna do one anyway. My favorite German word to use with dogs is Glubschaugen. Which means bug eyed. So you could say, Meine Nachbarin hat einen Hund mit Glubschaugen, which means my neighbor has a dog with bug eyes. And we use that word a lot with Hops because she gets like these big giant eyes, kind of bulgy looking. And so we say, Oh, Hops, you have Glubschaugen right now. So there you go Glubschaugen, bug eyes. Great German word. And that's it for this week. So, thank you for sticking through a GR Mom only episode of the Golden Ratio podcast. Like always, send us all of your comments anywhere Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, for the Golden Ratio 4, all over the place. And we'll be back next week. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.